David said, surely what? Goodness and mercy will what? Follow me. You don't have to seek goodness. You don't have to seek mercy. As you seek God, goodness and mercy will follow you. Keep seeking God. Keep running after God. Keep seeking his face. And when you do that, goodness and mercy will always follow you all the days of your life. Amen? Well, we're going to Judges chapter 11 today in our hero series. We're going through the Bible and we're looking at all of the great heroes of the faith. And David, Michelle, if I could get you to come and just move that table for me, that'd be great. Uh, Judges chapter 11 tells of a story of a young man that we're going to look at today, a hero. And aren't you glad that God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things? And the guy we're looking at today, Japheth, is, is certainly an ordinary person. Um, I would say flawed. By the way, how many of you are here today, and, and I know you're saved and you're a believer, but you have some flaws. Can, can, I, can I see your hand? Yeah. Well, some of us have more than others. But nonetheless, in spite of our flaws... God wants to use us because he's an extraordinary God who uses ordinary people to do great things. And uh, this hero is listed in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the hall of faith. You may not know about him. He's an unsung hero, but he certainly demonstrated some wonderful uh, characteristics that would be described as a, as a, as a hero. And so we're going to go to Judges uh, chapter 11, and we're going to look at the... Uh, the Bible character Japheth, and we're going to look at, see what he has and lessons that we can learn from him uh, today. How many of you have been watching the Olympics? Yeah, three of you. <laughs> They're saying the ratings have dropped dramatically on NBC, and, and so m many people are not watching, but they, uh, they do have races, you know, the, the 10,000 meter and the 800 meter and the 100 meter and all that. If Japheth were to, were to run with you today, if he were to speak to you on the race of life, this is what he would say to you today. And it's real simple. He would say to you today, Pine Castle, God wants to open doors for you. And God will open them, but you've got to walk through them. And when God opens a door, nobody can shut that door. And when God opens the door, he's wanting to use you in a great way to make an impact in this world. See, Japheth would say that to us today. He would say to us today, church, be persistent. Be consistent. Don't give up. When you're faced with a closed door, don't stop. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. But allow God to open up that door, and when he does, walk through the door so you can be used by God. The children of Israel were looking for a leader. They were, they, they were, again, taken captive by the Ammonites. 
And they were looking for somebody to step up and make a difference. And Japheth happened to be the man of the day, the man of the hour, and he wasn't perfect. He had some flaws. If you look later on at the, at the end of chapter 11 in Judges, man, there's some messed up things that happened. And in spite of him, he was still used by God to make a difference. So let's focus today on open doors. What happens when God opens a door for you? We're in Judges chapter 11, and our, our character trait is, pers- is persistence. Persistence is a firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Japheth certainly had opposition and difficulty, and he was able to walk through the doors that God opened. Now, you probably want to know what Japheth's name means. His name means open doors. Isn't that interesting? So the children of Israel were taken captive by the Ammonites. They were surrounded in every way. And, and, and God chose a young man by the name of Japheth, and his name means open doors. And as soon as I read that this week and I was studying that, I was reminded, and it's there in your notes, in, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Look, look, look what God says to the church. He says, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, I write these words to him who is holy and true and hold the key to David. What he opens, no man can shut. And what he shuts, no man can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed them before you an open door. Everyone say open door. That no man can shut. And I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. God's going to have you walk through open doors. Just like Japheth, and you're going to be used in a great way despite your flaws and despite the opposition that you are faced with. You'll see in your notes that I've got a couple points that I want to go through today. And here's the the thought as we unpack this together. God opens doors for heroes who are. And I've got four points that I want to talk to you today. How many believe that God wants to open up doors for this church and doors for you? Amen. God opens doors for heroes. Like Japheth and like you, God's going to open the doors. And God opens doors for heroes who are number one. And here's, our, here's my four points. Number one, God opens doors for heroes who are despised by the past. Despised by the past. Look in Judges chapter 11, verse 1, and, and, and here's, here's Japheth's uh, 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 past. It says in, in, in verse 1, And Japheth the Gilead was a mighty warrior. His father was from Gilead, and his mother was a prostitute. Wow, how do you like that, church? Here's Japheth. His dad was normal, but his mom was a prostitute. And I want you to know today that God opens doors for heroes, even those that have been despised by the past. How many of you are here today and you would like to have a, a mom as a prostitute? How many know that you would, uh, you would be scorned a little bit? How many know that that would be a little bit of a, a, of a, of a red flag for people? Knowing that your mom was a prostitute. And I love the fact that God has the ability not to look at our past 
and not to look at our past sins, and he chooses men and women to be heroes despite being despised by the past. And chances are there's some of you here today that you have been haunted by your past, by your sins, by your mistakes, by your old way of living. And God wants you to know today, and he uses this story to remind us that we are all accepted by grace and by mercy, and despite our past, God still wants to use us. Can I get an amen? And God wants to open doors for you and open doors for me today. You know, when I saw that phrase and I was studying about open doors, there, there is nothing more frustrating than to be right on the brink of going through a door and not being able to go through. And Japheth was despised by other people because his mom was a prostitute. He was really unable to go forward until God opened up that door. And many times we cannot go forward until we make peace with our past. And even though he was despised by other people, God says, Japheth, I still want to use you in a great way, and I'm going to open up that door. But there's nothing more frustrating than to get to a door and knowing that you're just a few inches away from going inside and you can't get in. I remember a few years ago, I flew all the way to Moscow, Russia. How many know that's a long flight? And with long legs like me, it is extremely difficult with my knees being in the back of the person in front of me. And we flew all the way from Orlando to Miami. I went with Carlos Sarmiento, my dear friend, and we were preaching at a, at a university there in Moscow, Russia. Flew all night, felt like, was tired, was exhausted. And the missionary, you know, it's one of those things where the missionary had a house, uh, his uncle's brother's second cousin's mother-in-law kind of deal. And the first flag was when we got to the place we were going to stay and the elevator was broken. And we had to carry our luggage up six stories to get to the condo that was the brother's, mother-in-law's, sister's, second cousin's place that we were staying. And, and we were exhausted. We were tired. We got to the door. And I was so looking forward to just getting through the door and just resting for a few hours and getting some sleep. And lo and behold, we got to the door. We put the code in, and, and the door was locked. And I was frustrated. We were there for an hour, two hours, three hours waiting to get through the door. I didn't curse, but I thought about cursing. <laughs> you guys ever been there? It's called a mind curse. Yeah. See, and, 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 and you think it's okay to mind curse, but, but, but can I remind you that God knows when we mind curse? You may not say it, but in my mind, I was mind cursing. I was mind cursing the second aunt, uncle's brothers, whose conduit was. I was cursing the missionary. I was tired, and I was just a few inches away. I could taste it. I could smell it. I could feel the breakthrough, yet we couldn't get through that locked and closed door. And God wants you to know today that he's not going to close that door just because of your past. God uses flawed people with sketchy pasts that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We sang about it this morning. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. God can forgive and God can release you from your past 
and he can open doors for you to walk through for his glory. And I'm telling you, there's people watching online and there's people here today, you are still haunted by your past. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And he accuses you and he brings up the past. And it's like every time that past comes up, the door is closed. But God wants you to know that he is a God that is a God who opens doors for you. And if you'll simply receive God's grace and God's mercy and God's goodness, you can be forgiven from the past and you can walk through doors. Can I get an amen? Amen. So even though his mother was a prostitute, God still said to him, I'm going to open doors for you, Japheth, because you're a hero. And I'm going to open doors, not because of your past, but because of my goodness and my kindness to you. God wants to open doors today. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two, God opens doors for heroes who have been, I like this one, rejected by others. Rejected by others. How many many here today you've ever been rejected before? Well, I remember the first time I was rejected. It was my sixth grade girlfriend, Barbara Hurst. (laughs) Barbara Hurst, Rock Lake Elementary School. She broke my heart. I felt rejected for the very first time in my life. Aren't you glad today that God chooses people who have been rejected by man? Even though you've been rejected by your mother or your father or by friends or by employees or employers, God is a God who opens up doors for the rejected. Now, where do I get that from? Well, Judges chapter 11, verse 2 says that not only did Japheth have a mom who was a prostitute, but because of that, look what it says. And they drove Japheth away. Drove him away. You are not going to get any inheritance in our family because you are the son of another woman. He was, watch this, rejected by other people. And I'm glad today that we serve a God who doesn't reject us. He accepts us and he loves us. And he says, I'm going to open up doors for you. You may be rejected by man, but I'm going to accept you and I'm going to open up doors so that you can serve me for my glory. Can I get an amen? Amen. So God's opened doors for heroes who are, who are despised by the past. But number two, he opens up doors for heroes who are rejected by others. And if you've been rejected today, God wants you to know that he accepts you and he loves you. And he's going to open up those doors. Amen? Number three, I love this one. God opens up doors for heroes who have been attacked by enemies. Look at Judges chapter 11 and verse 4. And sometime later... The Ammonites were fighting against Israel. God will open up doors for you even though you've been attacked by enemies. How many has ever been attacked by enemies before? Yeah, I think we all have. The Ammonites happened to be the enemy that was attacking Israel. Watch this, church. The Ammonites, they they were known for their surprise attacks. They were very wise and very strategic, and they were known throughout the whole region for being an enemy that surprised their enemies. And they would surprise, and they would do it quickly, and they would do it strategically, and they would do it without warning. 
How many know that we have an enemy in our lives that are just like the Ammonites? He's very wise. He's very tactful. He's very strategic. And he, like the Ammonites, will surprise you and you don't see it coming. They surprise quickly. And they're swift in their attack. And that's the same way the enemy does to us, doesn't he? He attacks us, and we don't see it coming. This past, past week, Tammy and I read a book together. It was really, really good. And the title was, I love this, I Didn't See That Coming. Hmm. It's kind of like the book I wrote, Blindsided. I didn't see it coming. Why? Because it's unfortunate, and I wish that we could get text messages on our phone that would warn us ahead of time that danger was coming, that an attack was coming, that the enemy was going to surprise us and out of nowhere attack us. How many have ever been attacked and you didn't see it coming? I know you think I listen to Christian music all the time because I'm a pastor, but I do listen to Christian music. I also listen to uh, 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 secular music as well. <gasps> John's appalled. <laughs> and one of my favorite groups is the Eagles. Thank you. And they sing a song that I relate to. And, and, and it goes something like this. In a New York minute, everything will change. In a New York minute, Everything will change in a New York minute. Now, how am I going to make that holy? (laughs) Your life in a New York minute can change, and you have no warning, you get no text message, you get no alert, and in an instant, your life changes. That's why as believers that we've got to be dedicated to putting our trust in God. We've got to be determined that whatever happens to us or happens to our family or happens to our kids or our grandkids, we are firmly planted. God, I trust you. Can I remind you, and I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to warn you today. You have no idea what's happening this week. You think you've got it all together, and you have no idea of the future. And that's why every day we've got to be determined and dedicated to say, God, I don't know what the future holds, but I know that you are in charge, and I trust you. And God, if I get surprised by the Ammonites, my trust is still going to be in you. And that's the way we've got to approach life. There's no guarantees. You can have it all together. I see some of you. You're Methodist. You've got it all planned out. You've got it all mapped out. You've got your future all laid out before you. Good. good. Let me know how that works for you. Because you can be attacked any second by the Ammonites. Because they're surprised. And they will attack you without warning. And Japheth was reminded that, that, that God opens doors for people that are attacked by the enemy. Just because you're attacked doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It means you're doing something right. And God wants you to be secure in him and put your trust in him 100%. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm reminded of of a funeral I did a few years ago. 
And I said this a million times. I heard my dad say it. Didn't really understand it, but he would, he would say many, many times that, that, that you don't know your future. And this could be your last moment living. This could be your last day living. And I heard my dad say that, and so I just kind of picked that up. And especially at funerals, I would say that you have no guarantees for tomorrow. And I remember I was preaching a funeral. And it was, a, it was hundreds of teenagers were there. Hundreds. I remember because it was the first time that my son Aaron had ever played publicly. He played at this funeral and led worship. And I gave the eulogy, and, 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 and I said it, and I was so uh, 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 inspired and passionate about this statement. And as I'm teaching, as, as I'm preaching to these teenagers and young adults, I said what I heard my dad say, You'll, you have no idea about the future. This could be your last day. And you know, I said that, and I kind of felt like I was being hard. Within 30 minutes of that funeral, Two teenagers died just 15 minutes away from that funeral that were attending that service, and another person died the next day. Three people died in a matter of 48 hours that were attending that funeral service. I'm glad I said it. I'm glad I warned them. You never know about the future. And when you are surprise attacked by the Ammonites, your trust has better be in God so you can remain strong. Can I get an amen? How many are still with me? God opens doors for heroes who have been despised by the past, rejected by others. God opens doors for heroes who, who, who have been attacked by the enemy. And then number four, and I love this one. We're going to camp out here for a few moments. God opened doors for people who have been anointed by God. Now, Pastor Scott, where in the world do you get that from? I love Judges chapter 11, verse 29, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. What, what was that? It was God's anointing. And something rose up in him. God's spirit came upon him, and he did the impossible. The Bible says that he led the children of Israel and defeated 20 cities of the Ammonites. Why? Because he was anointed by God. His past did not disqualify him. The rejection of his friends did not disqualify him. Just because he was being attacked did not disqualify him. He was anointed by the Spirit of God to walk through that closed door and bring victory to the children of Israel. And it was because the anointing of God was on his life. And that anointing, watch this church, that anointing opened the door for him to walk in victory. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. God, raise up men and women in Pine Castle who are anointed by God, who have the spirit of God upon them and in them to do the extraordinary, to walk through closed doors that only God can open up. That's because the anointing of God is resting on them. Everyone say the word anointing. 
Watch this. That word is a very interesting word. David, could I use you just for a moment? Come on up here. You're taking notes and you're writing about I, I want to I wanna illustrate what the anointing is. Bruce, if you can go to the keyboard. Thank you. Everybody say anointing. Do you know that the, that the shepherds, David, he would anoint the sheep, every one of them. That anointing oil he would put on the head, he would put on the eyes. It would keep pests from coming. It would also keep them walking in healing and wellness and wholeness. That's why David said, you anoint my, come on, you anoint my what? Head. They would anoint the head of the sheep to keep the pest away and to keep them healthy and to keep them well. That word anointing, and Japheth had it. And many of the heroes that we've been looking at all year long, they had the anointing. They had the Spirit of God resting on them. That word there, anointing, means to rub. I know this is awkward, and, and this is going over the Internet, and this is going to look really, really funny. <laughs> to rub. See, when you're faced with closed doors... I want to ask you a question. Who have you been around? Who are you rubbing next to? See, the anointing, God's spirit, God's power is contagious. And you have to get near the one to catch it. Now, I know in COVID days here, we've got to be really careful about this. But think about it. The anointing of God is, can, be, can be transferred. But you've got to be close enough to rub, to allow his character, his gifts, his talents, his wisdom, his strength to be transferred to you. You've got to get close enough. And some of you, watching online and here in the audience today. You're following Jesus from a distance. And you've got to get close. You've got to get next. You've got to get near. You've got to rub so that all that God has can be deposited into you, but you can't do it from a distance. You can't do it just showing up on Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes. David was anointed as a shepherd boy, and he rubbed, he connected, he was close to, he understood, and that what was in God was transferred to David. It's called the anointing of God. And somehow, Japheth with his prostitute mom rejected by friends, attacked by the enemy. He knew his only, stay there, David. He knew his only chance to get through that door was God's spirit resting on him. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And he rubbed next to God Almighty, and all that God possessed was deposited in him, and it gave him the ability to walk through the door. 
Doors will open, but you got to walk through. And Japheth knew that his past did not define his future. His rejection did not define who he was. His attacks from the enemy did not define who he was. He walked in the power and the anointing of God Almighty because he was connected. He was close. He was rubbing. He was next to. God, I don't know what to do, but I need you today. God, help me. Give me strength. God, give me wisdom. God, give me peace. All that I need happens when you rub with God Almighty. And all that God is is transferred to you. And then you can face an open door and you can walk through that open door because of God's Spirit resting on you. God's anointing on your life today. We need people in this church and people in this community that are anointed by God. I don't want you religious. I want you anointed. That's why King David said, I will be anointed, watch this, with fresh oil. Hmm. I had a car that I forgot to change the oil for about 10,000 miles overdue. Hmm. Yeah. You know what happens when you neglect to change the oil in your car after 10,000 miles? You're sluggish. You're open to repairs. You're open to breakdown. And it's all because you chose not to be anointed with fresh oil. You chose not to rub. You chose not to be connected. You chose not to be allow that transfer to take place. And David, a man after God's own heart, said, God, anoint me with fresh oil. God, so I can do the impossible. So, thank you, David. So that I can, poor David, he feels real uncomfortable up here. <laughs> Especially after that rubbing. I apologize for that. We'll, we'll edit that before it goes online. David said, I've got to be anointed with fresh oil. David said in Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And Japheth just simply walked through the open door. He did the impossible because he was anointed by God's beautiful spirit. I'm wondering if you have just a few more minutes. See, these next few minutes could be the moment in your week where you rub, where you get close to, where you bridge the gap from where you are to where God is, and you come a little closer and say, God, I'm going to give you an extra five minutes. Would you rub on me? Would you anoint me? God, would you give me the power, the peace, the strength, the wisdom that I need? I want to be anointed. I want the Spirit of God to rest on me. And you know when you are operating in the Spirit. And you know when God's Spirit is on you and in you and through you. It's obvious. It's also obvious when you're not. And God wants to use this time to anoint you with fresh oil. 
I've got in your notes, and I, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to one point about the anointing that's in your notes. Number one, the, the anointing is obvious. Number two, the anointing is liberating. Everybody say liberating. That's why Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. I love this. To, to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God, Jesus was saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Watch this. To open doors. If you're in prison, you can be free. If you're oppressed, you can be free. If you're sick, you can be free. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. The, the, the anointing is obvious. The anointing is liberating. Here's one. The anointing is, is healing. Everyone say healing. See, in James chapter 4, watch this. James said, are you sick? Are you faced with disease and sickness? Call the elders of the church and let them, watch this, pray and anoint with oil. And the prayer of a righteous man will avail much. God's anointing is available today to bring healing. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I feel impressed right now to pray for those that are sick. To pray for those that are faced with disease. To pray for those that are, you're tired, you've asked God a million times, this could be the Sunday, this could be the moment where when you're anointed with oil, that you will walk in health and wholeness and wellness. Why? Because the anointing brings healing for your body. Watch this real quick. You have faith that God can save you from sin through the cross. That same power is available to heal you from your sickness. The blood for your sin, the body for your sickness. That's available today. So we didn't plan for this, but if you are sick in body today, I want you to stand up. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. Stand up. right. Where, I know. We got COVID. That's okay. We're going to pray for you today. Quickly. Respond by faith. If you're sick in body. I want you to respond today. God's anointing is here today to bring liberty, freedom, and deliverance. Thank you. Anointing, fall on me. Anointing, fall on me. Let the power, let the power Sing it again, church anointing.
all those that are standing, I'm going to ask you to do this real quick. Michelle, if you'll get me some oil. I'm going to ask you just to step out into the center aisle here. If you're sick in body, just, just line up down the center aisle. Those on the left, you guys just come around the back and just come stand. And, and, and we're going to obey God today. How many believe that we need to obey God? And I'm going to anoint with oil everybody who's sick. And I'm just simply going to pray a prayer of faith. Just stay right where you are. Just go to the center aisle. Make room for everybody. Just so, And just make, make a line down this side. Ushers, help me out. And then a line on this side. So two, two, thank you. Pastor John is going to go down the right side. Ushers, help me out and line up. Make sure everybody's in the aisle way. I'm going to go down the left side, and we're just going to pray. Hang on one second, John. Oh, all right. Well, the Holy Spirit's moving, so we're just going to. Now, I want you, I want you to, I want you to pray and agree with me today that the anointing of God is going to break every curse, every disease, every sickness in Jesus' name. I am the God that heals thee, Bruce. Let's believe. I am the God that healeth thee in the name of Jesus. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Jesus' name. Make her well, Lord. Make her whole well. Make her well, God. Curse disease. Sickness in Jesus' name. And heal my disease. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. Be healed. Be well. Be whole. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Walk and help us. Wellness and wholeness. Help in Jesus' name. That he lived in the name of Jesus. God, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And curse disease, sickness, and infirmity in the name of Jesus. By your stripes we are made well in Jesus' name. And
make them whole. Make them well today, God. In Jesus' name. stand up across the auditorium. God uses flawed people, moms or prostitutes, rejected by society, attacked by the enemy, anointed by God. Let me read this to you. I, I came across this and uh, talk about misfits. Abraham was old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job was bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was fearful. Samson was a womanizer. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jonah ran from God and Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha was a worrier. Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. The disciples fell asleep. And Paul was a murderer of Christians. But they were anointed by God. I'd rather have a mom for a prostitute and be anointed by God than to have a perfect lineage. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And there's people here today, you've been walking against closed doors. And you've been frustrated. You've been like me in Moscow, just wanting to bust the thing down and you can't get through. Get next to the Holy Spirit. Rub off on God a little bit more this week. Get connected to him and allow his faith 
to come into your heart and to stir you today. Now, I want us to end this way. We've never done this. How many get scared when I say that? But, <laughs> but we, spent, we spent $110 on this door, and we're going to get our money's worth. <laughs> or the finance team is going to get on me. Sometimes you've got to do things physically that represent the spiritual. Sometimes just doing something silly in the natural opens doors for the supernatural. Now, many of you, and it's okay, I want this to be led by the Spirit, and you've got to be prompted by the Spirit. Many of you may walk through the back door today, and that's okay. But this is what I want to end the service here today. If you want to live like Japheth and you want to live with the anointing of God in your life and you want to see doors open, I'm going to have you come on this side of the sanctuary and you're going to line up and I want you to walk through this open door as a symbol, as a physical symbol of Japheth and just walking through the door despite the past, despite the rejection, despite the enemies, and you're walking through believing. I'm walking through believing for my son Austin. Open doors. It may be your finances. It may be your marriage. It may be your grandkids. I don't know what it is, but sometimes you just got to walk through something natural to serve as a spiritual symbol of what's taking place. Now, if you're here today, I know this is crazy. That's okay. I'd rather be crazy with the anointing of God. Can I get an amen? amen? And if you need and feel led and feel prompted by the Holy Spirit, I want you as we dismiss today, I want you to begin lining up and I want you to walk through these doors and we're going to declare over you as you walk through open doors, open doors in your life.